Welcome to the Reclaim Your Rise podcast. My name is Lauren Bongiorno, nationally board certified health coach and founder and CEO of Risely Health, where we help people and families impacted by type 1 diabetes take ownership over their lives so that they can transform with more freedom and confidence. Everyone has a different reason to be here. You might be seeking knowledge, support, or community, but at your core, I know that you long for something deeper. You're here for transformation. And that's what the Reclaim Your Rise podcast is all about. It was almost like a phobia. So I feared my next meal because I knew that that would have to, that would bring decisions, that would bring insulin, that I would need to bolus. It would involve just so many things that were triggering my anxiety that I completely feared my, my every meal. A quick reminder before we start the show that nothing you hear on the Reclaim Your Rise podcast should be a substitute for personalized professional medical advice. Please always consult your physician or other medical professional before making any changes to your diet, insulin dosages, or healthcare plan. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Lauren Bongiorno, and we are back with another episode that is really going to get you thinking about how truly possible it is, no matter how stuck you feel right now in your life with your diabetes management, to get out of this place and to create massive change in your life. This episode is with Christiana Silva, and she gets really vulnerable with us and shares a side of diabetes that most people honestly will never see. Some T1Ds may never even have to experience themselves, but that most healthcare professionals don't dive deep enough into. Christiana is 29 years old. She's lived with type 1 diabetes for 18 years. She's from the UK and is also a graduate of Risley's January 2022 Decide and Conquer Group Coaching Bootcamp. When I first met Christiana, she had such a fear of lows. It was so debilitating that for meals, she was literally giving 0.2 units of insulin every couple of minutes because she had so much anxiety and fear about taking large amounts of insulin at once. She was dreading her next meal and it was impacting her relationships and really did detracting from just her overall quality of life in a big way. Her time and range was slowly decreasing below 50%. Her A1C was creeping up and she wasn't able to see a light at the end of the tunnel. You're going to hear what Christiana did though that changed everything for her that allows her to have 70% time and range now, give over four units confidently at once for a meal, pre-bolus 20 minutes without a second thought, and really just reclaim her life back. So if you have a fear of lows, this episode is 100% for you and going to make a big impact. But really, this episode is for anyone who is struggling with being able to see the light at the end of their tunnel right now. So without further ado, please give a warm welcome to our guest, Christiana, and let's rise. Welcome to the Reclaim Your Rise show, Christiana. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hello. You are you are the first guest that we've had from the UK. It's called Over the Pond, right? Is that this is that the phrase? Yes, I think so. Wow, what a privilege. Yes, we're we're so Thank happy you to for have having you me. here. Of course, of course. So in the spirit of the podcast title, can you tell us about a recent time that you felt like you've really reclaimed your rise with diabetes? Um, yes, actually, this is a good example. Um, I went on holiday shortly after finishing the DCB. Um, so after graduating, um, we went on holiday. And usually I would have been in a very reactive state. So, you know, the first couple of days you're walking around, you're doing more exercise, you're probably going lower quite a lot. And usually in the past, that's what would have happened. I would have been going low. I would have been, oh, 
having to stop, having to snack. Um, and I definitely found that after graduating from the DCB, I was acting a lot more prematurely. Um, so I took sort of five to 10 minutes before the day was beginning or just before changing my routine going, right, what am I gonna do today? What can I do in order to maybe not have to spend longer along the day because of diabetes? So I found that you know before my first day on the trip, for example, I put a temp reduction on a temp basil um, so I knocked it down to I think 70% and that whole entire day was a lot more, it was just easier. Um, and I know for a fact that in the past that would have been a day full of hypos for me. Walking, um, snacking, having to um, just stop everybody, go hold on, I need, a, I need 10 minutes just to recover. Um, so I definitely found that was a huge thing for me, was definitely thinking ahead of time to save a lot longer during the day, if that makes sense. Mm. So it's almost like you have shifted into this more proactive state than reactive and you feel like that was like a big moment for you because you were able to yes. compare that scenario to probably so many other times that you were on holiday. We call it we call it vacation, but I'm going to adapt to all of your words. Oh, yes. I love it. I love it. It's so fun. Um, so when you were on holiday, previous times you were able to see that comparison of actually when I put in the work, like this is possible and it feels so much better. So you know, one thing I really want to talk about with you today is the fear of lows, the fear of hypos, because that was such a big part of, I mean, from the moment that you came into the coaching program and we met you, it was like, I, this is the biggest challenge if I can conquer this by the end of the program, like that would feel so good. Or at least if I can progress because it's holding me yeah. back in so many areas of my life. And I think that there are so many people who struggle with this and there's not a lot of uh, talk about the possibility of solutions and what has really worked for people. And I, I want you to take me back to kind of like share that extreme anxiety around the hypos that you were experiencing last year oh, when gosh. we first met a couple months ago yeah yeah I mean it my lowest point was was the anxiety was overriding my entire life I couldn't eat I couldn't bolus um just out of pure fear that whatever I was gonna bolus was gonna be too much and it just became this thing where it was almost like a phobia so I feared my next meal because I knew that that would have to, that would bring decisions that would bring insulin that I would need to bolus. It would involve just so many things that were triggering my anxiety that I completely feared my, my every meal. I lost a lot of weight. I was fearing just food in general. I had a very bad relationship with food. I tried, you know, avoiding anything that was too much, too many carbs, um, because that would mean more insulin. So I was, you know, everything, that I was doing was focused around my anxiety. Um, and it just got to the point where it just wasn't feasible anymore. It's just not a long-term, it's not a long-term fix to just avoid all the things that were caught, like triggering my anxiety, um, fearing my next meal, fearing three times a day, or you know, you eat. Um, I wasn't snacking. I was just fearful of just giving insulin in general. And that's kind of when I was like, no, I. I've got to do something like this can't carry on like this yeah can you share the like how you got to that point because you've lived with diabetes for 18 years when did that transition kind of shift between yeah. I'm good like a low is just the low yeah. to this is like ruling my life so I think 
there was definitely a pinpointing moment that left me with the full-on debilitating anxiety but I definitely feel like I've definitely had um, a little bit low anxiety hyper anxiety probably the past maybe I'd say five years it's basically when I started focusing on um, doing better with my blood sugar control you know Mm. while I was at uni um, I you know wasn't bolusing I wasn't pre-bolusing I wasn't you know, probably making the wisest decisions in terms of my own health. So, you know, maybe I think it was about four years ago, I decided to kind of really grasp um, and really try and crank down on my personal goal, um, my personal targets with my blood sugars and just wanted to regain control. So I made a lot of changes, but changes are scary. Changes cause anxiety. And so that kind of left me with a little bit of sort of hyper anxiety. I went from pens to the Omnipod, I went from the Omnipod to the T-Slim. Mm. So there was a lot going on um, that kind of made me always a little bit nervous um, with sort of l- bigger, larger amounts of insulin and the more scary lows. Um, but for me, definitely the pinpoint that then kind of pushed me over the edge um, was definitely during the pandemic. Um, I was all trying to organize a wedding abroad um you know not knowing whether it was going to be cancelled or not there was a lot of working from home and job instabilities going around um the pandemic was i mean hard and difficult for everybody um so for anybody you know with a bit of anxiety that's even more and anxiety inducing and i remember there was a day where i just eaten a meal i was it was a big meal so i was full um and then i fancied you know just a glass of juice after dinner so I bolused um, for eight grams, or so I thought I was bolusing for eight grams. I actually bolused for eight units. Um, and, you know, I was new to the T-Slim. So, you know, I was tired, I was stressed, my mind was just all over the place. And I only realized afterwards, and within seconds, I was having a full-on anxiety attack. Um, I was panicking that I couldn't keep the food down. I was trying to calculate, right, I've just given eight units. How much am I going to have to eat to recover from this? Mm-hmm. And instead of being able to kind of think calmly, think rationally, think, you know, in that moment, I was completely overridden with anxiety, um, couldn't keep any food down. I was just panicking. We ended up calling paramedics just in case we had to use the glucagon. It was a mess. And that was sort of right before um, my wedding, actually. So then we flew off to Portugal to have my wedding and I think my body was still running on just trying to make it through just trying to get through and make it to the wedding and then everything will be okay and we had our wedding it was lovely and luckily COVID let us have our special day and then coming back from holiday it I my I just crashed my anxiety was in full 100% mode I couldn't even bolus one unit for a meal I was having to eat first and waiting to make sure, okay, I've eaten, my body's accepted this food, now I will give a little bit of insulin. I was running my numbers really high all the time just to make sure that I was avoiding lows. I was eating very small amounts um, and I was purposely not eating to the point where I was full because that again just transported me back to that day where I was full and then having that anxiety attack. So. It completely overruled my life that that um, that anxiety um, moment. 
that I think was the pinpoint for me. (laughs) Yes. And you know, that is scary for anybody with diabetes. It's so funny that we're talking about this today because just last night I was in one of those like half awake, half sleeping, like just fading. And Mm. my deck, like, you know, when you just lay down, you're about to fall asleep and then your Dexcom alarm goes off and you're just like, oh, like, are you kidding me? Or you have a lower whatnot. And I was 140, no, I was 160 with a sideways arrow up. So I turned over like went to give my insulin and I caught it like right before I meant to like I don't even know what I was doing but like I somehow ended up putting oh I think the correction it was showing was one unit and I accidentally put like instead of pressing go or enter I pressed a zero and so it showed up as like 10 Mm. and I literally pressed like go and it was like 10 units and the second I realized it thank god I pressed cancel but like then I would have went to bed and that would have definitely been an issue so I think that that's like anybody can kind of anyone with diabetes can definitely relate to that moment but for you like you already had that anxiety kind of going on for a few years at that point so this was just like the worst case scenario like your biggest fear was coming to life yeah I think that was the most it pushed me over the edge almost it was Mm -hmm. sort of you know I always had a little bit of underlying anxiety there was so much going on I was probably anxious about six seven eight other things and that was it it just tipped me over the edge yeah so okay now you come back from your wedding you are got through that you got through that and now you're at the point where it's like you just have so much time probably also to focus on you don't have the wedding things distracting you so now you're focused on your diabetes had Mm. your a1c i know you told the group the group coaching program like a bunch of people that your a1c had went up i think it was from like from a low six to above a seven did that happen over a period of time like or was it like after the wedding that's when the increase started to happen I think it was definitely that period of time so the period where my anxiety hit to where I was trying anything to just keep going in all I was in survival mode at that point um, it became more important for me to just eat something mm-hmm. than to focus on my blood sugars so yeah I think my blood sugar I think my HbA1c was 6.3 um, which was my target range it was great um and when i sort of went to get my hba1c checked after i think it was six months of all of this going on i think it had risen to 7.2 and because before you know hba1c i'm very matter of fact where it doesn't i don't allow it to define me but it was a personal goal of mine because i'd never reached six before and and so i was personally i was just more gutted that I found myself back to where I I was um, after such hard work that I put into it Mm -hmm. Um, and less about the number. I think it was more about me. So that's when that was definitely a reflection on, you know, where I was just trying to, you know, ride my numbers higher. Um, I wasn't pre-bolusing. I was barely bolusing, to be honest. I, I was just trying to survive. Right. So you were on this track of, okay, it was a 7.2, but it was also likely going to continue to keep. Yes. Going up. Okay. So how does that take me to like your endocrinologist appointment, your doctor's appointment? So what happens? Is it, hey, your A1C has went up. What's been going on? Is it you saying, oh, like I want to let you know this is what I'm having struggle trouble with? Are they looking at your tandem pump and saying, oh, this is weird. You're only giving 0.5 for every meal that you're having mm. and you're only eating like yeah. 30 carbs a day. Like <laughs> what, what did that look like? Yeah, so it wasn't great, to be honest. I think that's also one of the huge factors of why I came home and I made the decision to join the DCB. I went to my endo's appointment 
and you know it functions differently in different countries I'm sure but I wasn't able to see my endo I had to see a nurse um, and you know I've had great nurses in the past I think it's just you, you sometimes you get great ones sometimes they're not so great and the one that I visited wasn't what I needed in that precise moment and so when I went to see her she was very data orientated very number focused I got bombarded with why are you microbolusing 2.2 of a unit five times? Um, why are you not pre-bolusing? Um, why, you know, are you having huge spikes after you're eating? Um, why are you eating six times a day? Why, you know, there was a lot of like questions. There was a lot of, oh yeah, your HbA1c went up. Your timing range isn't great. And I was sort of just sat there going, I'm doing the best I can. I'm just yeah. trying to eat. I'm just trying to keep going like micro bolusing six times for this 10 gram snack is the only way that I can find at the moment to even eat that 10 gram snack. Otherwise I'm not eating, full stop. And she, you know, it was more of a, well, you have to do better. That's what I got, I got to do better. Um, and so I just sort of left that appointment think, thinking, oh, I'm doing the best I can and I don't know where to go from here. I've had, I've had no support. You know, I did. I mentioned to her that I wasn't in the best frame of mind um, in terms of my mental health. Um, that I had been, I think, when I went in for the appointment, I was trying some um, forms of therapy um, because that was my first avenue. Was like, you know, I've clearly it's affected me um, mentally, so I need to figure out a way to fix this. So I was doing therapy. I mentioned it in my appointment, um, but it seemed to have not really made much of a difference in that environment where you know I felt like maybe my mental health in that appointment was probably more of a concern but it just didn't happen that way mm. and so I think that was definitely a pivoting moment as well where I got home and I was completely devastated because all of those things that she was saying I knew I knew that I wasn't pre bonusing I knew that you know I'm not using my pump to the best of my ability you know I know that my time and range has gone up these are all things that I was already probably beating myself up about so I just left even more flawed than I had gone in um which is why I then came out I was like right I need I need Lauren's help <laughs> I need I need some somebody to help me and and also sounds like you felt really judged right like oh even yeah from a, from a coaching perspective like you will never hear our coaching team ever start a sentence with why like we start usually with like what makes you feel feel this way or what made you decide that or what do you want to really be seeing for yourself or mm. how right why by nature is very like accusatory like oh well why did you do that or why are you doing this and you feel attacked and especially if that person you don't have a connection with and they don't have type 1 diabetes and you're like you don't get it like mm. that is a huge part of you maybe not even feeling like you had a safe space to share like hey like I know this is what you're seeing but like this is what I'm struggling with. And you also probably didn't see her as somebody who could help you move forward. No, exactly. It was that it was sort of, you know, you left that, I left that appointment feeling like I had just spent 40, 30 to 40 minutes justifying myself. Right. When all I wanted to say was like, I'm doing the best I can. And that's enough for me right now. Um, which is probably, you know, in hindsight, what I should have said, but instead I was just, just justifying myself constantly, which is obviously not ideal. Yeah. When so, that's not your priority in that moment. 
Right. Okay. So you didn't feel like you were supported there. You were doing therapy, but that wasn't really helping um, so much. What about on the home front, like your husband? How was that impacting your relationship? Did he really understand like what you were going through or did you feel like you were carrying the burden a lot by yourself? No, I mean, he carries a lot for me. Um, we've been you know, together for a very long time. So he, he helps carry the weight of the world with me. Um, so I'm very lucky in that sense of the word. But it did, be, it, I felt like I had lost you know, a part of myself. Um, I was not myself anymore. So I felt like everything that I was talking to him about, every, all our, you know, time together became just about this. Mm. Um, we couldn't enjoy, you know, going out for a meal because I wasn't eating. Every moment that we spent sort of our downtime uh, was me either, you know, crying or upset or just talking to him about my anxiety so it became, I lost a lot of myself and that's not who I wanted to be that's not who I am in the relationship it's not who I am as a wife as a friend so that's kind of when I you know I was I was grateful and I'm I was thankful that he's there but I didn't want it to be the only thing that we talked about I didn't want it to be the only thing that I brought to the relationship in that time was this huge burden of anxiety and stress so in that sense that you know I'm very lucky that he's by my side but you don't always want to burden them with everything so yeah definitely yeah I I relate to that a lot and I think a lot of people will it's this sense of like I'm gonna let you see what's going on but I'm not really going to even (laughs) complain or worry Mm -hmm. you to the level that I potentially could if I just unleashed everything (laughs) on you all the time (laughs) but but I get what you're saying it's like you realize like it was holding you back and you also didn't see a way forward and I guess that's a good question too like did you did you have hope like did you see a light at the end of the tunnel at that time or did you feel like it's always going to be this way and oh no I just saw no light (laughs) you did it interesting no I saw nothing I just thought this is it like I can't I can't see a way out I cannot see a way out and I think it was actually during the chat that I had with Jess before signing up um to the DCB she sat there and we you know we had a chat about whether you know it'd be a right fit and and she said look we'll help you through this there is light at the end of the tunnel it was the first time that I thought oh my god Maybe maybe I will get somewhere better than where I am right now. Maybe there is a little bit of hope because before that, I just thought I can't, I couldn't see a way out. Because especially you know when you've tried a few different things and they're not working, you think, well, that's it. I've tried everything; it's not working. Right? You're thinking like, um, oh, it's me. Yeah, I just thought I'm I'm broken, and I've like, and I can't go past this huge barrier that's happened to me I'm going to be stuck like this forever that's kind of where my mindset was at the time Mm -hmm. so what was it about that call that you had with coach Jess that made you feel like there was light at the end of the tunnel because I'm sure there's you know your husband or people have told you like it'll get better it'll but what was it Mm -hmm. about that conversation to you that you actually believed it I think I know this sounds funny but you know it doesn't hit the same when somebody who doesn't have diabetes is telling you it's going to get better. You're like, I know it will get better. I know. But really you're like, well, you don't know because you don't have diabetes. So it's that kind of, it kind of falls on deaf ears. 
But when you have somebody, you know, who is who is diabetic and has, um, you know, had experiences with helping other diabetics, it's kind of it just kind of hit a bit more close to home. Where you know Jess was saying, you know, this isn't uncommon. She's heard of these things before, and it's I'll have a bunch of people behind me who can help me through this. I think that was the biggest thing for me was just knowing you know, maybe I haven't been supported by the right people in the right way, um, especially following that endo appointment that I had. I think that's what I was needing. I was needing people to kind of just say, look, come over to this side and we'll help you because you're not alone and we can do it together. And I think that was that pivoting moment where I was like, okay, maybe there is a bit of hope. Somebody's telling me there's hope because they've seen it before. Mm-hmm. So that kind of made it a bit more real. Yeah. And, you know, we have worked with a lot of clients in the past that have that fear of hypo. And I will say that it is one of the biggest blocks that we've seen. And we've also had to grow as coaches to be able to support. And we've only grown and been able to support people because we've learned, right? We've learned through each person that we work with understanding really what's going on in their mind where their limitations are where their fears are and where they want to go and what looks like little baby moments of success so for instance um, sometimes when you feel like you're doing it by yourself it's like you have this big goal going from like a to z and you can't see along the way like those little minute wins because you're, you're always hard on yourself because you're like, yeah, yeah, but I'm not like I used to be or yeah, but I'm not where I, wor- I, 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 I want to be. And I just even remember we worked with a client once for a while, about a year and a half because it was pre-pregnancy and during her pregnancy. And she had like one of the worst cases of fear of lows I've, we've ever seen. And she was also working with a therapist at the same time, which was great. And her also, um, her like OBGYN and all those doctors and us. And it, when we first started the program, every time she ate, she would go and sit in the hospital parking lot a couple blocks down. She lived by a hospital because mm-hmm. she literally was like, just in case. Like, I'm going to give insulin yeah. now just in case. So yeah. taking from that extreme to being able to take her to, okay, like maybe she's not fully giving her herself 100% of the insulin or maybe she's not um you know sitting at 100 going to bed but she's sitting comfortably in the you know 180s 170s 160s giving pretty much the right amount of insulin maybe like a unit or two less going from sitting in the hospital parking lot sitting at 300 to there like that's a huge win in itself and it was little baby steps that took it to get there so for you like in the dcb what were your little baby steps that allowed you to like compound to where you are today yes i I relate to that so much um i had a lot of just in cases that i was using um just in order to survive as i said before i was carrying like a handbag full of high post snacks in in reality i'd never need and all of them but I was just carrying so many just in cases because I was terrified. And I think during the DCB, I hit a lot of little um, wins for me. So it was sort of, for example, whereas I started not being able to pre-bolus at all, I had to eat, wait, and then and then bolus. I would pre-bolus, okay, look, I'm gonna try and pre-bolus for five grams of my meal and then I'll eat and then I will, give insulin afterwards 
And even that I then broke down even further, which was, I'm going to try and pre-bolus by five minutes. And it started, and actually, I've completely forgotten about this. I would set a timer. And so the very first time I did it, I set a timer and I sat there and I remember I was sweating. I was like panicking. I was like, I'm just going to make it through these. I think I had set it to seven minutes and I was like, I'm going to wait seven minutes before eating. And those were like the longest seven minutes of my life. And I only made it to five and I was devastated. And my husband was like, look, you've made it to five minutes. You haven't done that before um, since you've had your anxiety attacks. So that's a win in itself. And so now, you know, even though I'm not where I want to be, like I just said, I completely forgotten that that's what I used to do because now I'm pre-bolusing for half my meal, for example. Um, and I can bolus for 20 minutes and I go off and do something and sometimes I forget and I'm like, oh my God, I'm supposed to eat. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Wait, like, I, I would just never got be able chills. to do that before. <laughs> I would not be able to do that before. That I, that was a dream for me because that's what I used yeah. to do. And it felt even more, I think that's the hardest thing as well, where you know you've done it before and then suddenly you're like, why do I, why am I struggling with this? I've done it right. a thousand times before and mm-hmm. now I can't do it for five minutes. So yeah, that like these little, focusing on the little wins and breaking them down even further, that really helped a lot. Yeah. And I know the accountability and community was a big thing that that helped you specifically in the DCB and the mindset pieces. I even remember you did a some kind of post or you told me where you were like, I came into the DCB with like this one goal of like, just help me get over this anxiety of fear of lows and allow me to have better numbers and all this. But it was, you didn't even see how everything connected with like the mindset and the connecting with other women who were also struggling and working towards these goals that how big that was going to have an impact on the whole entire journey so can you share a little bit about how that played a part too in your transformation yeah that's like such a huge part of your accountability comes from the friendships and the group and the support that you have within the dcb so there were a lot of moments and a lot of chats that I had with other people sort of outside the calls that we would have where, you know, we would be, stru- you know, sharing our struggles, you know, sharing something that was, you know, something that was just maybe we were trying to like a roadblock for that week. And that really helped me get through that because for starters, it's another fresh point of view. Sometimes there's always somebody who's like, have you thought about trying this? And you're like, oh my God, I've not tried that before. Why have I not thought about that? So that was a lot, like a very helpful tool for me was definitely the support and the group and the friendships I made during that. But it was also nice to know that sometimes you feel like your thoughts are invalid or sometimes you feel like, this is a crazy thought or maybe I'm alone in this. And just having somebody comment um, on that, on the app going, oh my God, I'm feeling the exact same way as you. You're like, oh my God, finally somebody who understands and then you go off and you have a conversation and you figure it out together so that is it's a huge win for me like that is there was a lot of like teaching moments and teachable moments in that for me yeah absolutely and I think that community is something even if we've been exposed to it we think of community sometimes as this like just this kumbaya around a fire where we're like oh you have diabetes I have diabetes you wear a CGM I wear a CGM Mm -hmm. like that's community but 
that's not like that deep level of vulnerability and connection and trust that you're you know having in a setting where people are coming into let's say a program like the DCB or you know any kind of coaching program really where you have the space to to really break down those those walls and support each other and be there for each other when you you feel like quitting or the trial and error is more happening about there's more errors than there is actually right like wins yes. <laughs> and just getting over those humps because there's going to be those humps and that's actually the the number one reason why people don't get to reach their goals is because when it gets tough or it doesn't work or you feel defeated you kind of just stop and you go through the same cycles of trying to repeat the same things and like if you're repeating the same things like and not taking in different information or different ways or different tools or different strategies, you're going to end up in the same place. Mm. So looking, I guess, where you are now, like you're, I know you and you're so hard on yourself and I know like we're you're working on that too, right? Like <laughs> yes. that's why I like to say to you, like I have things that I'm working on too and we're never going to be, feel like we've gotten, you know, complete in everything. And so I know that you have areas to work on, but what would you say? Like, I don't know, like you would what are you most proud of? What do you feel like you're, like you would say to your old self even just like a year ago? I think definitely I'm most proud of sometimes just making it through and keep the fact that you're still going is a win in itself. Um, Because when I look back at where I was before, you know, maybe six months ago, um, I was just like a shell of a human. Like I, I just couldn't, figure I couldn't see a future I just thought this is it this is my life is done because I'm just so paralyzed by this fear so the fact that I've even I kept going the fact that I tried multiple different avenues of things that could help the fact that I was open enough to accept help because sometimes asking for help is difficult in itself and I'm super proud that I've kept going but most, I think diabetes-wise, I'm proud of the way that I'm still pushing myself even now. Um, and I, like, I, like you said, I am quite hard on myself, but I think it's more na- now I've kind of, I'm trying to be kind to myself and I'm trying to remember to focus on the little wins. And even today, like I'm still kind of, if my next goal or my next target seems unreachable, I'll just break it in half again. And I just keep breaking them into smaller milestones. So I think that shift in mindset is um, a huge win and something I'm proud of as well. Because, you know, when you struggle with something like anxiety, it's very hard to clamp down on your own thoughts because it's, you know, you don't have the control over your thoughts because, you're, you know, you have that irrational thought process going on. And so I'm proud of the way that now I can kind of pull myself out of that darkness and go look Lawrence te- taught you about this I've learned about this in the DCB now I just need to apply all of this and think about this in a different way mm-hmm. yeah and I think you hit the nail on the head there where it's the combination of it took for you the community aspect and the accountability it took the education around what's happening with your body's pattern and insulin and you know the ratios yes. and really what what you can trust it really comes back to like you trusting your body and feeling safe and like I think that's the biggest progress I've seen in you too even just like the way you're talking right now like so much confidence in yeah like I 
pre-bowl is 20 minutes because I know what's gonna happen with my body I can go you know come back to it after and like that comes from putting in that work so it's the education and then of course it's the coaching to actually help you continue to move forward and see where you're blocking yourself like I even remember we had uh, in the DCB remember those small group coaching calls that we would have yes. in addition to the big ones and you had this like big aha moment when we just did that like visualization exercise when you were like yes oh, like that and was I still a huge about that Uh, like but see like that's it was such a small tool and strategy but it it clicked for you and you probably also had to be like do you like you had to be at that time and place in your journey with diabetes to receive that right because yeah if if we were talking maybe like six months ago just at the start and I was like or let's say the doctor or the therapist was like try this like do you think it would have hit the same no I think there was too much fear um and not enough trust for me to have even been able to take that visualization concept on board. Um, I think because I had gone through, you know, I think most of the educational part of the DCB and I'd put through, put a lot of practice in and I was already, you know, learning about my patterns and seeing a lot more predictability. When we focused on that sort of mind frame where that visualization of this is what you're eating, this is what you're bolusing. And if you do go low, this is what perhaps is going through. That's kind of when I thought, oh my God, like that, I've never thought of that before. And that I think that day, then I finally hit like four and a half units and I had not been able to do that in sort of five months. And I was fine. It was the fear that was leading up to it that I was like, oh no, I'm very scared, I'm very scared. What if, what if, what if, but I did it. And then I sat there and I was like, I'm fine. I survived. And I trusted myself that I had given the right amount. So it became something that was very easy. And then after that, I remember thinking um, the next day, I thought, maybe I won't do it today. I did it yesterday, I'll do it and I'll take a break. Um, But then I went to Brolis for dinner where I went back to sort of three and a half units. And I thought, that doesn't seem like a lot now. Maybe I'll just do four (laughs) and a half again because I've done it once and I know I can do it. So I'll just do it again. Um, so I, I use that visualization technique and it's something that I'm still trying to um, focus on to keep pushing myself with the amount of insulin that I'm giving. Yeah. Oh, I love that story so much and really love fo- how this episode is full circle because in the beginning you were saying my the nurse at the doctor's office was like, why are you giving 0.5 every 10 minutes? <laughs> yeah. And now you're like, yeah, and now I'm able to give four and a half units for a meal all mm. at once kind of thing. And that's yeah. such like a testament to the work that you put in and this this transformation that you've had. You know, with trusting your body, with um, getting to this place that you really, made, this was the light at the end of the tunnel for you really, right? Would you say that? Like, Yeah, I mean, just enjoying food. I enjoy food now. I, I can go out for a meal and I enjoy takeaways again and that was something that I completely because I love food and it was very sad for me to get to a point in life where I wasn't even looking forward to my next meal so I'm definitely in a much better place now where this is my lie at the end of the time and I still have a long way to go but because I've made it up to here whereas when I think back and when I think back to where I was five months ago thinking of four units oh I would be in an anxious wreck just thinking about it so now that I know that that was something that I was anxious about now perhaps when I'm thinking about seven units even though it makes me anxious right now I know that that's somewhere I can end up 
-hmm. it's not so impossible. Yeah. And I even think too about, I've shared this on a masterclass once, I think that we did, but there was a time where nobody had ever run below a four minute mile. And there were so many people that were trying to reach it, trying to reach it, trying to reach it. Nobody was able to do it. And then the first person who did it within like, I don't know the time frame. it was, I'm going to butcher it, but like a week or two weeks or three weeks after that, there were like 15 more people that did it, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you need to see a, an example for on other people of like oh wow like they did that that's possible for me that's part of it and then also seeing it in yourself like that's this is what's possible I was able to get to this point now I know that like anything that I have in front of me that seems impossible at this point I'm going to be able to get to yeah definitely I think it's that you know you've done it before so you trust yourself to be able to do it again that's a huge thing as well because at the beginning I just you know I thought what if I go low? The last time I went low, I had a full-on anxiety attack and I had to call the paramedics. So that was still a memory that was stuck in my mind. Whereas now, during you know the DCB and all the education that I've been taking on board, now when I go low, I'm like, this has happened to me before. I just you know sit calmly, 15 grams of carbs, and I wait, and then you know check again. So because I've done that before, I'm more you know trusting of myself and my capabilities. Um, definitely, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you should be so proud. I'm, I'm so oh, we're so proud you. of you. We love we love seeing you just like this and more in who you're supposed to be. Like you said, without the diabetes weighing you down, just lighter and more Christiana, and you know everything yeah. that you bring to the table and into people's lives. So, I guess um, one of my last questions for you would be: Not everybody who is listening to this episode is struggling, maybe with a fear of low, there are definitely going to be people who are listening to it though. And can you just speak to, I guess, if somebody is struggling with anything with their diabetes, whether it's relationship to food, relationship to themselves, their actual A1C, their time and range, their insulin sensitivity, the fear of lows, like what you would say to them if they are feeling stuck, they don't feel like they can see the light at the tunnel and they're considering like, oh, maybe the Decide and Conquer Bootcamp could be a good fit for me, but I don't really know. I'm kind of just maybe too busy for it or I don't want want to prioritize mm-hmm. it like what would you say to what would you say to them I think you something Jess actually said or maybe I heard it as what I was starting with the DCB which was you may think that you know exactly what you want out of the DCB and you have this one goal like mine was I want to not have hypo anxiety anymore but actually it was said that you know don't try and control where you end up with the DCB um, it's more just let it do for you what it needs to do. So you have to put in the work. Um, and that's definitely something that people should be aware of if they're thinking about it. It's something that you need to take seriously and you need to put in the time and the effort because you're putting that effort into yourself. It's a form of self-care. So you're putting that time and effort and you know it's hours during the week and hours off the chats as well where you go in and do your own explorations. Um, that's all going to pay off and it's all going into yourself. Um, So if you take that on board, you're putting the time in. Don't try and control where you need to end up. Just let it take you because it was so eye-opening for me to be able to see that actually learning about my nutrition, learning about my menstrual cycle, learning about, uh, you know, so many hormones, literally so many aspects of my day-to-day life 
that I didn't even pinpoint as an issue that I didn't know about, um, all of those things helped me feel safer in my decision making, which helped my anxiety. And up until that point, it was like, I just need, I just, my topics are anxiety and food. And that that's where I thought I needed to put my time in. But in putting time into all of the aspects, I realized they're all connected. And I couldn't, you know, I probably couldn't have taken that on board if I was closed off thinking, you know, I don't need to learn that section, or maybe I need to focus on that before, or if I just tried to guide it all down one route. Instead, I was kind of open and honest on the chats and just listening to everybody's experience and that really guided it for me but it's been life-changing and even you know anxiety aside I've learned so much that I just day to day it impacts you every day you don't even realize Mm. and it's just made my decision-making process my predictability all of these things that are paramount in blood sugar control so much easier for me so definitely put the work in but you'll definitely reap the rewards is what I would say I love that I love it okay Christiana you are an Instagram queen in the diabetes community (laughs) so I want you to hype yourself up can you plug at your uh handle for everybody oh yes I am um at t1 diabetica on Instagram for anybody wants to uh, follow me on there I just basically post a little bit about my journey talk about the highs and the lows of um diabetes and definitely you know if people have questions about the dcb um i'm open to um chatting with anybody who might be thinking about it or um, have any questions i'm there for you guys as well you're amazing oh so amazing having you on thank you for your thank vulnerability you for having me of course we so appreciate it and um we'll see you next time thank you yes Thank you guys. Bye. Bye. Okay. So if you just listened to that episode and you're feeling motivated and inspired thinking about what's possible for yourself, if you were able to work through the pieces of diabetes management that are causing you the most stress in your life right now, I'm excited to share that the fall Decide and Conquer group coaching program is now open for enrollment. The DCB is Risley's 12 week signature coaching program for women with type one diabetes who are feeling discouraged and overwhelmed and are craving more confidence and empowerment in their lives. We run the program three times a year. So this is the last one of 2022 and over 270 women have graduated from this program and they all were once exactly where you are sitting right now, listening to maybe a podcast or an Instagram story or reading an email, having this fork in the road moment where they had to decide, do I want to A, stay where I am right now in the same patterns and cycles, not getting the outcomes that I wanna get, not feeling how I wanna feel day to day, or B, decide that they wanted to take ownership over their diabetes. They wanted a system, a community, a program to help them shift into a place of more control. And this is where you might be right now. And I want you to really think about that. Really think about how your decisions impact 
who you become tomorrow, who you become a month from now, who you become a year from now and beyond that. So we start in September, but if you apply between August 2nd and August 19th and you get on the enrollment call and decide to join the program, the first 10 people will be eligible for the early bird investment. So do not wait, take action if this is calling you, if you've been thinking about it for a while, don't sit on the sidelines, let's join the game. I'm gonna put the link in the show notes below where you can learn more and apply to the program. And just know that this may very much be the next step on your journey in life with your health, with your diabetes, but it's absolutely not one that you have to do alone. We are here for you. We are here to hold your hand through this process. We understand what this will mean for your life if you can get to the other side. And we are just as much invested in your outcomes as you are. So hopefully we will see you in the DCV. Let me know if you have any questions and thanks for listening.